All right. Oh, hi guys. This is Where Faye. <laughs> Harry is here with me today and um, I'm very excited. And also this is like literally one of the earliest live live stream I've had. It is 10.30 a.m. my time, 35. And I oh, usually do these <laughs> morning time. I usually do this around like noon or after, but uh, Perry, you're you're you nailed it because Tuesday is the only day that I have like an early morning meeting because I have a client in Singapore and we are here. Welcome to Face World live stream. I'm so glad uh, Chris connected us. I'm very grateful. Thank you, Chris, in the red chair, right? Yeah, Michelle, oh. Chris, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. So, are you okay, Faye, in the morning, early morning? Is this okay for you, or do oh. I need to talk slowly? <laughs> I work, I work just fine. I think I got used to it. Um, since I, I, I've had this client in Singapore since April and, uh, it's been fantastic working with them, with them so multi speaking of which like this multicultural interaction, whether it's with clients or trying out different foods, having different friends. And here I am with you. Uh, I love saying your last name. Actually, it's Perry Knoppert and it's okay. With a K, you with actually Knoppert, yes, Knoppert, <laughs> and who is Doctor Octopus, known in the Octopus Movement. And so today, if you're watching wherever you are, please say hi. I think I want to really take this opportunity, Perry, with you to talk about what it's like to be a creator and how to actually start a movement, not just how to start, how to sustain and finish or worse, you know, sustaining it, it's even better than finishing it. I think it's starting with you, but there's so many people who believe in what you're doing, uh, which is about, I think what you refer to as multi-potentialite. First of all, what does that mean? Well, a multi-potentialite is someone who has multiple interests or doing multiple things. It's the, op the opposite of a, a linear specialist. You know, a linear specialist is doing the same job for, 30 years, and they're very good at it, obviously. They're looking at the same Excel sheet for 30 years, so they're a single specialist, very good at mm -hmm. one thing. And a multipotentialite is someone who is very good in multiple things, multiple mm -hmm. passions, multiple ideas, multiple focus. Mm -hmm. That's a multipotentialite. Mm. So I definitely uh, claim mm -hmm. to be one for sure. So are you. <laughs> And tell us about your different potentials and different interests, per perhaps you've had recently or maybe growing up or earlier in life. Well, I, I always thought I was a bit crazy because I always had so many more ideas than others. And I was always pursuing so many more goals in life than my friends and family. Yeah, they would always mm. stick to one thing and, and go for it. And I was always doing multiple things, having multiple ideas and i always thought i was a bit crazy because so many people were not doing that and i couldn't help myself you know i have, I have these mm. little notebooks and i'm writing down all these ideas and and I, it, it it i can't stop thinking about new solutions create solutions for problems create new companies mm -hmm. it mm. doesn't stop it doesn't stop it never stops and it it didn't start somewhere um it has always been there. You know, I've always been creative. I've always been thinking about many things at the same time. And I can't help it, basically. Mm. And then that's interesting. Can we break that down? Because what a lot of people uh, say that, oh, you know, could it be 
ADD, ADHD, you know, people used to say that about me and to say, oh, you know, for your age, that was probably not even that's like pre-diagnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, like, how do you think about it with a positive lens as opposed to maybe, you know, my parents or my grandparents, especially and friends would be like, you need to have focus. You don't know who you are, what you want. You really should know that by now. Like, what do you say to those people on those kind of uh, feedback or suggestions? Oh my God, did I hear that a lot. Perry, you need to focus. And they, they have the best intentions in the world mm -hmm. to say that to you. Perry, stick to one idea, you need to focus. You're referring to neurodiversity. Um, I started interviewing people with multipotentiality all over the world because I was so curious how others were doing the same thing as, as I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so how does a multipotentialite operate in South Africa or Bangladesh or Egypt or whatever? So I started interviewing these people and I discovered quickly, well, wasn't that quickly. I think after 70 interviews, I was started thinking, God, they all have neurodiversity. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me, multipotentiality is an outcome of neurodiversity. And, mm -hmm. and if, I, if I can make that even more clearly, I mm -hmm. always use the words linear and nonlinear thinking. Mm -hmm. So when you go to school, there is a linear system in how to learn something. If you stick to your homework and you do your best and you get good grades, you get your diploma, you get your job and you're mm -hmm. fine, right? But when you're wired differently, when your brain isn't stopping, mm -hmm. you cannot stick in that linear direction wherever you're going. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Faye, it's impossible for you to stick to one thing. My God, I've seen your YouTube channel. <laughs> That's a great example. Focus, <laughs> okay. Faye. You're not sticking to one thing. You're doing everything. But you can't help yourself. You, mm. you need to do that. So, and looking at neurodiversity is also a very linear way, mm -hmm. in my opinion, because as soon as something becomes complicated, we want to simplify things. Yeah. So what do we do when there is a, a complicated brain? We simplify it by giving it a label, ADHD, dyspraxia, dyslexia, ADHD, whatever. But it's the neurodiversity. It's it's diversity. You cannot simplify diversity, in my opinion. So you mm -hmm. have all these beautiful people that have brains that are wired slightly different than normal. And these mm -hmm. people do many, many things. They're, they're very creative. They can do awesome things. But the problem in this linear world is that we don't always recognize these people. Because when a huge company wants to hire a marketing director, you know, they want a linear expert. They want a linear specialist who studied marketing, who had the marketing mm -hmm. job for 25 years, and then they will hire that person. But mm -hmm. that's a single linear specialist. Very cool. But I think in the world, we need to combine linear specialism and nonlinear thinking to really build up beautiful solutions when you look at the world and you look at the people who really made a difference nine out of ten times those are non-linear thinkers mm -hmm. they are really really able to create innovation they really think outside of the box they're not an expert you know 
an expert cannot innovate. You build mm -hmm. your, your expertise based on knowledge of the past. So how can you create innovation if what you think is based on your knowledge of the past? And, mm -hmm. and you need to be able to think outside of these boxes and go to new areas in order to create something really cool. And those are the people who can make a difference in the world, save humanity, find solutions for climate change and whatnot. And that's what the octopus movement is doing. It's combining all these amazing people together and make a difference. Yeah. And that's a long answer for a simple question. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's there's a lot to break down. I think we're constantly dancing with the idea of specializing often for the sake of advancement whether it's in a career whether in something that's monetary uh you know people often will say that they specially you know in order to do these things so that they and their families can can live a good life stable life and i agree when i look at my through my own entrepreneurial journey if i started i started in 2016 right then and there i said you know what i'm starting today I need an accountant. I need somebody to build a website. I need somebody to tell me a call to action, to build my email list. I need all the experts to be in my life. Number one, I didn't have the money. Most people wouldn't have uh, that type of money when they're starting out. Also, nobody really knows like, oh, here's my message. Here's who I'm going to be in five, 10 years time. So they end up learning everything all at once. I mean, frankly, if any Buddy, any of you watching this is a YouTuber or content creator, you probably know this, that you are absolutely multi-potential. Like, even if you create just one kind of video, because in order to you be You need to do everything, right? You it need is. titling, research, description, yeah. design, website. You know, it's all going to eventually happen. So I think pushing that idea away to say you have to, like, specialize in one thing is... Uh, it's a detriment uh, to who you are as a human being. But is there a way, I'm going to challenge you this, Parrot, is there such a thing as doing too much, as having not enough focus? Um, you know, what is, what is like well, that? Well, it depends. Like, you know? It mm -hmm. depends on where you are. You know, if, if, if you're doing so many multiple things and you're not finishing anything, you know, that's the big thing, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, starting up new adventures and never complete them, never mm -hmm. finish them. Is that an issue? I don't think so, because eventually everything comes together and that's mm -hmm. your journey in life as a nonlinear specialist. And then mm -hmm. when you start your podcast series, when you go to YouTube, when you create your, your new company or whatever, all of a sudden everything comes together and mm -hmm. it's the mm -hmm. education everybody's dreaming of, right? Yeah. You can't learn that it's cool. So by not completing your new ideas, it's not per definition something bad. Mm -hmm. The only problem is, is when some people get very nervous, they don't know what to do. And they have mm -hmm. people around them that have expectations. You know, we expect them to be whoever, successful or have enough money or be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That's fine, but you need to you need to explore for yourself where are you going, and you feel and you know when you're a nonlinear thinker that when you hit the sweet spot, when you're doing exactly that thing that you need to do, then everything comes together, and mm -hmm. and focus will change. That's the yeah. funny part. Then you're all of a sudden super focused. You can't tell me otherwise, Faye, that you're not super focused. You mm -hmm. are super focused, but before that. 
you were all over the place maybe mm. and now it's it's just straight on on target you know exactly what you're doing and it's yeah. multiple yeah. focus like elon musk was saying you know how do you how do you do multiple focus and he says it's single focus but the single focus every time in a different area then it's spacex then it's tesla then it's twitter whatever not at the same time and mm. everybody can do that but it, yeah. you need practice yeah, it, it's a really interesting topic I've been thinking about. The, I feel like the conversation is very timely, which is the idea of, uh, you know, platform agnostic creators. A lot of the, the, you know, there are a lot of creators on my platform connecting with me. And the number one challenge still for people not doing much or anything, but feel like they should do more, but they don't have that activation energy, is they spend all that energy deciding on which platform whether it's you am i a youtuber a blogger or a podcaster yeah. should i be yeah. in on instagram or facebook or somewhere else like start with you start creating I, I agree with you like so many people need to be reminded that you're right like things change very rapidly that the idea of having a point of reference to yourself in your 30s 40s and 50s is magical my uh, producer her brought it up i look at my own documentary in 2018 now on amazon prime it makes me giggle makes me very uncomfortable it's like why was i so nervous that i'm no longer feeling that way at all well that's progression so i think that is a, a really, really interesting thing to, to start doing something. And now you are creating a platform and a community for people to feel more at home, to feel more connected, which is frankly something I didn't really have at the very, very beginning. And that was so hard, you know, be a, a, a multicultural, multilingual podcaster in 2014 female. That was like exciting and like nerve wracking at the same time. But you created this community where people come together and be like, huh, I'm weird and it's it's good to be not so weird anymore and it's good to be weird. So tell us about what are some of the uh, realizations that you've learned as a community leader, as an innovator within the octopus movement? What have you learned from other people? Well, I wanted to first say um, I should be sponsored by Nike because <laughs> my mantra is just do it. And, and to go back, you know, deciding what platform, what do I do? Just do it. <laughs> and, and follow your nonlinear uh, gut feeling to get wherever you want to go. But we mm -hmm. learn at school that you start here and you go there and it's a straight line. But that's not the case anymore. Just do mm -hmm. it and it, it will come together. So mm -hmm. now back to your question. Um, the community, what was your question again, Faith? Sorry, I wanted to say. Yeah, what are some of the, uh, absolutely, what are some of the learnings and reflections or even observations you've seen from people in your group? And for people, other people who are watching, you have something like, you know, what, like 1800, you build this community to a very, you know, this very sizable community in very small amount of time, right? Like yeah. what have you observed among other people in your community? Or what are the expected versus surprises? I don't know. Um, it started because I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't designing at my desk, you know, I'm going to start a, a global movement. I was talking to a group of multipotentialites and I said to them, the word multipotentialite doesn't work for me. It's too boxed, it's too linear. You know, it's the label multipotentialite, but that's mm -hmm. an outcome. I, I want to talk about, indeed, the weird people. For mm -hmm. me, the cool kids are not the cool kids. For me, the cool kids are the weirdos. You know, if you look back mm -hmm. at your at your high school and you look at the picture, then mm -hmm. the kids that were 
the cool kids are now having the boring life and then the weirdos are now doing the most exciting things so i was asking a group of multi i said what's the symbol of a curious weirdo a curious mind what mm -hmm. is that and then christine in london said i always use the octopus emoji just for the fun of it and Haley in south africa said have you seen my octopus teacher which is a documentary about a filmmaker who has a friendship with an octopus i watched that documentary the same evening and then i thought you know I'm going to set up the octopus movement because after talking to so many multipotentialites and people with neurodiversity, we need to create some awareness of the awesomeness of people that are atypical thinkers. Mm -hmm. Because that would be awesome. Because the world is so linear. You need to behave like that. You need to do exactly mm -hmm. like you're being told. And we're missing out on a great opportunity. So I started with the octopus. And I'm very grateful for the octopus because it resonated so much with a lot of people. So they what's signed the up. Sorry. What's the name of the documentary again? My Octopus Teacher. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Please continue. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And, mm -hmm. and for people, it resonated immediately that they saw an octopus and they thought, I feel a little bit like an octopus. You know, three hearts, very sensitive, nine brains, very fast thinking, and eight arms doing lots of things at the same time. Mm -hmm. and, and also, I can adjust my shape, adjust my color. You cannot put me in a box because I will escape immediately. Mm -hmm. So that's, that really helped me, that symbol of what I was talking about. So a lot of people signed up. We created the manifesto. Thank God I had, I had help because I wrote a manifesto. I think it was eight pages of my mm -hmm. thoughts, what should be you know, in the near future, how we should change. And, um, Someone in Australia, a copywriter, helped me, Aaron Thompson, such a cool dude. And he really wrote the manifesto for me, put it on the website. People could read the manifesto and, and we're, we're reading it and coming back like, I feel like an octopus. I'm an octopus as well. And mm -hmm. since then, it moved very quickly. And I always say, I'm not creating a community. I hate the word community. I'm creating a movement. Mm -hmm. We want to change something. We want mm -hmm. to change something for the better in the world. And within that change, people will find each other. There are no rules. You know, you don't have to be a nonlinear thinker to be at the octopus movement. You can be linear. You can be nonlinear, whatever. As, as long as it resonates to you, you can be there. And mm -hmm. by connecting all these beautiful minds together, I always call it the mycelium network of beautiful people because these amazing connections are helping each other just like the mycelium underground where trees and mushrooms are communicating with each other and sharing nutrition mm -hmm. with each other that's mm -hmm. what we do in the octopus movement as well so someone sends me a message in india saying you know i'm working on this i need some help and then someone in paris responds it's it's just amazing and it's all based on we're not following the linear structures. It's non-linear. We're trusting our gut feeling and we just do what we need to do. So that's fascinating that you're able to attract a lot of people who may or may not heard of you before. Do you know if uh, at the beginning you're able to attract people to the movement uh, because they're connected to you? I mean, you are an established photographer. You travel around the world, so your name is known. Or did you discover that most people had no idea who you were? 
but are interested in the movement and the, the manifesto and itself. I'm curious. So still nobody knows who I am. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a little group, right? I, I, mm -hmm. I'm just talking about something we're looking for. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you are a weirdo and misfit, if you don't fit in the box and, and you have that feeling of the world should know what I'm capable of, mm -hmm. but you can't, you don't want to see it. And then all of a sudden there's this weird dude in the Netherlands with his Dutch accent calling himself the octopus movement, Dr. Octopus. Mm -hmm. And then we, we connect and then all of a sudden, all these people there understand what you're thinking. They get you. And that's for the first time in your life. So that's why it, it, it grew so fast. Because they were saying to other people, misfits, weirdos, whatever, check this out. You know, I found my tribe. I found mm -hmm. my people that, you know, it, it feels so good. It feels so good to be with others who totally get you. Right? Nice octopus. I know. And my mom's like, oh, what are you going live about? What is Octopus about? Like immediately caught her attention. I, I like where you're going with this. Uh, I mean, not that I want to turn this into like a research project, but do we know approximately of the general population? How many, what is the percentage of people who are multi-potentialites or kind of, you know, I oh, guess dear. everybody is non-linear. Non so. Yeah, everybody is. So this is a very difficult question. And by the mm -hmm. way, Top Churches is sending messages. Top Churches in New York, he is fucking amazing. Sorry for using the word. We are he connected. Is, Small world. My God. He is very nonlinear. I interviewed him. He he is amazing. Um, he has supporting me since the beginning of the octopus movement. And jeez, this is the thing, Faye. You know, if you start something, when you succeed. And when you have a lot of followers on YouTube or mm. you get published in Forbes mm. or whatever, or you do your TED talk and, and millions of people are watching you, then mm. everybody celebrates with you. Everybody's happy for you. But when you start something small and you take the first steps, that's exactly the time you need support. Then you need mm. people like Todd who are supporting you, who believe in you, who understand what you're saying mm. and, and, mm. and, are always there. So for me, taught churches and, and many others is so important. Um, this is important, Per. I think you brought up a really good point. And literally one of the most, a, a very popular, very famous songwriter, his name, I am not. It's so funny. Most people don't know who he is, but he wrote a bunch of songs for Adele. Uh, he even sings some of them with this very, with this beautiful tone. Uh, but he said, of all people, when he started as a songwriter, like five or six friends believed in him. That's it. But yeah. that tiny, that small group of people is why he's here today. That literally whatever he wrote, they're not even songwriters themselves. And they just, you know, appreciated his music and always kind of gave him feedback. And I think this part is so important because, you know, there's so many projects over the years, especially since I became an entrepreneur, just by being there for them, for my friends, for my clients, for people I believed in, years later, they're thriving, they're doing something that's just unimaginable. So, I mean, for me, that is like at a very micro level, because I, I won't be able to be everywhere all at once. But I just love how you describe your relationship with Todd. And now you become that person, that connector, that glue to 1800 people in the building, in the making. And there's going to be, who knows, thousands, tens of thousands of people 
be influenced by that. It's really cool. We want to go to 1 billion, by the way. I want to link 1 that's billion it? nonlinear thinkers together. Yeah, that's it. Just have, no. but Because then we can really make a difference. Then we can really change something. Faye Rocks, yeah, yeah. Faye Rocks definitely talked. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So what's the percentage? What's mm -hmm. the percentage? Everybody is a nonlinear thinker, mm -hmm. right? And then when you go to school, you're being pushed and pressed and motivated to become a linear thinker. I mm -hmm. teach at schools. I teach kids about nonlinear thinking. And then there's a imagine this, a group of kids, they're all nine-year-old. And then I say to them, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then these little arms go up. I want to be a dentist or a dancer or an artist. And they always say, or, or a dancer or an artist or a veterinarian or whatever. And then I say to them, you're nine, flipping nine. I said, it's not true. You can be and a vet and a dancer and an artist. You can do all three at, at the same time. And then these nine-year-olds are saying to me, mm -hmm. no, Perry, mm -hmm. that's not possible. They're flipping mm -hmm. nine, Faye. I thought if you're nine, you're still, you know, innocent. And, and, <laughs> and yourself but apparently yeah. as soon as you go to school you're being mm -hmm. pushed in a very linear way i'm not saying linear is bad i'm just saying let's create a little bit of a balance and mm -hmm. people with brains that are wired differently they cannot stay in that linear structure they mm -hmm. can't so i think everybody is a non-linear thinker only 80 percent 70 percent of the people are in that linear structure and they're fine with it. And you have 20, 30% of the population that is trying to be as linear as possible. Mm -hmm. but they simply can't stay there. And, mm. and, and that's what I'm aiming for. That's the group of people that I find very interesting. The problem mm. is that the very linear thinkers who took the motivation to stay there because it helps them also to be successful mm -hmm. and have enough money. They don't understand why mm -hmm. there are nonlinear thinkers who cannot do that. You know, mm. those are the kind of people who mean very well and say to you, you need to focus. You need to stick to one thing. It mm -hmm. helped me, you know, look at me. I'm very mm -hmm. successful. Mm. They don't understand that it's not possible. I, I also, give speeches about neurodiversity recently i was i was talking i gave a speech at the, at the dutch bank about neurodiversity and they told me that they hire people with autism awesome mm -hmm. right people with autism can be so beautiful in their in their way of looking at things mm -hmm. and they can be so specialized and they're they're awesome so the company is saying you know we adjust ourselves also for people with autism because it's horrible. It's I think it's around eighty percent of people with autism are don't have a job or working way below below their level. It's an issue. Mm -hmm. So now this company is hiring people with autism. But the problem is not the company; it's the other people working there, the very linear people who are, you know, very comfortable in that bath in that water of unwritten rules. They understand all the unwritten rules, and then. There's someone with autism who's different, who's outside of these boxes and mm -hmm. who doesn't know all these unwritten rules. 
and they judge them for that. They say, I can't work with people like that. You know, they're not doing this and this and all unwritten rules. That's difficult. So we need to talk about that. Yeah. So I'm curious, like of the thinking about your movement and people who are in the movement, how many of them are entrepreneurs versus working full time, right? Holding a corporate job somewhere. And I think here's my, I guess, limited experience with that is when I was working in corporate, which I did for 10 years, to me, it's a pretty substantial amount of time of my career. And I, I was definitely seen, uh, not always understood as a, a nonlinear thinker. So I was someone lucky for me, it was really interesting when I was 22, 23, graduating from college, I knew that finding a job in banking were just development, just one segment of technology, like middle tier, whatever, that wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. what was available back in 2006, not so sure, frankly, it just felt like it was very limiting at the time. So I chose consulting because I get to work on different projects. Even then it was difficult to go from being a software developer to a, a, to a project manager. People are like, what are you doing? You did such a setback. So title-wise, there was a very clear setback and it made people very uncomfortable because yeah. very, very, but since I started doing it, there are more people switching. I don't want to be a developer. I want to be a business analyst. I want people to start switching around. Uh, in retrospect, it was a sacrifice, a very worth, very worth making. Now, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, right, I feel like it's a buffet. Now, I really can do whatever I want to do. So my question for you, Perry, is like, what do you have any advice, uh, perhaps for people working corporate culture right now? My boss told me, this is what you do. Don't ever look outside, uh, you know, focus. Do you think versus, do you think those people should leave their jobs, consider having a conversation with their boss? How could they navigate this being in a very confined environment? Well, first thing, first things first, first, you need to really mm -hmm. understand linear and nonlinear thinking. So you need to understand your own brain. Why are you a nonlinear thinker? What, what happens in your thinking, in your learning, in your working? Very important. And if that means you need to understand your neurodiversity or you need to dive into ADHD because you have that label and you want everything mm -hmm. about that, very important. But then also think about your boss who's very linear. And if you understand the concept of linear, nonlinear, you understand what your boss is expecting from you. And then you can go to your boss and say, listen, I'm a nonlinear thinker. You want this linear structure. I can follow you for 60%. But I have 40% who is outside of that linear structure. How are we going to deal with that? How are we going to solve that? Personally, I think the leader of tomorrow is the nonlinear leader. You know, because mm -hmm. leadership where you're able to to move in all directions and see all different angles, mm -hmm. that would be so cool to have a boss like that rather mm -hmm. than very linear and very uptight. You know, this is how it mm -hmm. should work. Um, so don't leave your job. Have, have a, a conversation about that. Or if you want to keep working for a company, go to a startup. Startups love nonlinear thinkers. Yeah, mm -hmm. in a startup, everything is happening at the same time. You need to be very flexible. So if you are, you know, corporate clients, account manager at a huge international bank, that's a complete other story than you're, you're the head of new sales at a startup. 
Mm-hmm. But the startups, they want people that are very flexible, go in all directions. And that's a very cool place to be as a nonlinear thinker. And of mm-hmm. course, in the movement, oh dear, there are a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, it doesn't fit anymore. And they just want to do it themselves. And, and let me do it myself, please. And I've worked for corporate as well. And I was all over the place. I drove people nuts. It was in Beijing, in China. And mm-hmm. you know, I was creating a TV show. And I was working for corporate. And I was doing this and that. And people were like, who is this dude? This is mm-hmm. this is weird. He's not behaving as he should behave according to the unwritten rules. So what is my advice? First advice, figure out how your brain works. Have a conversation with your boss about linear and nonlinear thinking. It it, mm-hmm. it solves a lot of issues, definitely. It's mm-hmm. not personal. That's also a thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a bit weird, you always think it's personal. So people don't understand you and 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 they can mm-hmm. be very judgmental to you. And what mm-hmm. do you do? You always think it's personal. It's not personal. They just don't understand your way of thinking. It's not about mm-hmm. you. It's how you behave, how you make decisions, how do you act. That's the issue. Mm, absolutely. And for those of you who are watching, and it's really interesting, I saw like up to like nine, 10 people hopping on with us here. And we're not even seeing most of the numbers from LinkedIn. So if you're here, please say hi. Let us know where you are. Let us know what you're struggling with. And uh, I really appreciate you being here, like morning time, uh, Eastern Standard Time anyways. So I I love where we're going because when, Perry, you and I first connected, we didn't really get to this level of details. Uh, But now in retrospect, there are just a lot that we can do. So I love when you say, let's observe uh, our energy, observe the way we think. And so these days, if you're watching this, I actually take notes. Um, So there's an app called Insight Timer, and it's completely free. I've been using it since 2016, 2015, maybe. And it was really interesting. Every time I turn on the app on a daily basis, it says, how are you feeling today? Uh, Check in with yourself. Now, I think that's a great way of tracking your mood. But also, I think we need to do that even more often. So for instance, like I noticed recently that um, I was doing something not related to client projects, but it's just something that I was planning for as I'm relaunching my website. And I was, you know, looking into different plugins and trying to learn something new. I just sense somehow there's a sense of adrenaline there. I just felt happy in a second. It wasn't something dramatic, you know, watching a Disney animation, going on a roller coaster. No, it's just like a very subtle thing in my heart that went up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting to note. I will actually write down what I was doing in that moment. And um, I also notice, for instance, sometimes I get a little moody when there's too much free time on my hand because I'm so used to running around being busy like Perry is. And sometimes that actually, well, that energy, we like, oh, there's kind of, it's trending down. But then I always tell myself, don't freak out. When there is free time, which is something I've always been craving for, when I do some yoga stretches, why don't I just meditate for a couple of minutes and things Go, we'll go back to normal. So, Pear, I'm curious, how do you check in with yourself to actually learn that process? Do you write things down? Do you, I mean, we're open. You know, I be- absolutely believe in therapy. Like, what are some of the methods that you find helpful? Meditation. Meditation. Yeah. So, my, my brain is very busy, mm-hmm. really busy. And, and when you're setting up a global movement yourself, I do everything <laughs> myself because I believe 
when you set up something like that, I want to do everything myself. So in the near mm -hmm. future, when people will join me in the team, I've done it myself. I know what's happening. I know what it takes. I want to do everything myself. Also because in this very important stage where I am right now, I don't want to be depending on others. I just, if I have an idea to change the website, I just want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how do I organize and how do I organize myself? Mm -hmm. It's meditation. Sometimes my thinking can go nuts. It, it goes in overdrive, especially mm -hmm. in the morning when I'm under mm -hmm. the shower. Ideas are, it's, it's like someone is with the AK-47 shooting at me with ideas. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my kids are laughing sometimes i'm running around through the house completely wet naked to write down an idea because that happened under the shower they're cracking yeah. up oh dad had an idea under the shower but it needs to be still as well mm -hmm. it, it, you need to be in control about yourself what is happening i've learned myself when thoughts are coming way too fast that i can say okay flip the switch and silent, please. Even mm -hmm. in this conversation, I can flip the switch and no thoughts whatsoever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that helps because when you're creating content and you're doing your website mm -hmm. and you have your movement and you have your ambassadors all over the world and you have your time zones and I have here four clocks with different time zones and mm -hmm. and you're doing zoom sessions and you're doing live and you're doing interviews and you're doing mm -hmm. editing yourself too much is happening in your brain mm -hmm. so <sighs> meditation that's mm -hmm. everything for me having a dog is a is a great solution as well so every afternoon i need to go for a walk for at least 45 minutes so mm -hmm. i'm in nature every day for 45 minutes during the afternoon to walk my dog because it really helps me to stay here, to stay focused, to be present, mm -hmm. meditation, nature. And I write down, you know, and I also write down my thoughts. That helps. So mm -hmm. I have these cards that I use. Oh, that's and crazy. every time cool. I have a, a crazy thought, a very nonlinear thought, I write it down on the, on the card or I draw on it or, or whatever. Is it laminated too on top of that? Yeah, the, <laughs> these are good. these are like if if you want to buy uh, if you want to print your photos yourself, you buy this kind of paper, and I love this because it's nice and smooth, and it uh -huh. it, it, it looks good when you write on it. So yeah. one day I thought I want to write a book about nonlinear thinking, and I thought, where do I start? Well, I start here. Look at this pile of ideas. Is these that Aquanotes waterproof? No, sorry. So Todd just said he uses Aquanotes waterproof notepads. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know. Aquanotes, well, he uses that under the shower, probably. <laughs> this is fun. This is, you can also use a pencil, mm -hmm. uh, a soft pencil, and just write on your wall under the shower to mm -hmm. take notes. And mm -hmm. then it's very easy with, um, cleaning stuff to get it away after a little while. So mm -hmm. I always have a pencil under the shower to write down my thoughts. And then after a little while, I clean the wall and then I continue. So write down like Todd is doing as well. I know Todd is also writing down all his thoughts 
in, mm. in little books. I do that. I write under the shower books and I have my, my cards that I write every time I have an idea or a strange sentence, you know, there is a yeah. strange sentence coming up in my brain mm. and I'm thinking, what the hell is this? I write it down, put it away. <laughs> Sometimes I know it's not perfect. And when I travel, I like everybody else, I just use the, the notes uh, app on my phone. Me too. Yeah. And, and it's just so funny because you're right. And there's so many things after you say it once, you don't remember, you can't replicate it. That's another thing, right? Like that's why when I did yesterday, I thought of like uh, platform agnostic creators, I had to write it down. I said to my friend who's a editor at Forbes, I'm like, oh, we should really talk about that because the it will escape. This is why my mom sometimes thinks I'm crazy. Like I, you know, again, I don't think it's a good idea to leave your phone by on your nightstand. I get it. I have mine on the floor, so I can't reach it. You know, I'm 5'4". I can't. I don't have a, you know, an arm the size of a somebody who's 6'5". I can't easily reach something on the floor. And, uh, you know, so I just keep it out of sight at least. But I love the idea of keeping a notepad because sometimes when you wake up in the morning, for me, is when I go to sleep at night, I have all these ideas. And I'm like, I want to do this. And when you meditate, the first thing you hear is like, let go of everything. You know, you don't have to do any of that right now. Letting go. How do you balance? Uh, or what type of a meditation do you typically do, Perry? Do you have an app you use? You have a very basic, no, simple one. Very simple one. I I I go to my gut. I feel mm -hmm. my gut. So if 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 soon as I want to switch off my thinking, I go mm -hmm. to my gut. I I feel it here, and I feel it. And mm. by feeling my gut, it switches off my thinking. Mm -hmm. Really convenient. And I'm a very good sleeper as well. So I can be in bed on my phone, checking out social media, doing things, also mm. saving things on social media and thinking, oh, that's interesting. You know, I can use mm. that or whatever. And then I put my phone away and I fall asleep within 10 seconds. Mm. Really worked well. And I wake up and I open my phone. Yeah, people are saying you shouldn't be doing that. Flip it. I'm doing that. And I'm on my phone <laughs> checking the social media, what happened during the night and notes as well. You know, yeah. walking the dog. It's yeah. really funny. And then, oh, that's a funny word. And I write it mm -hmm. down in notes or I have an idea or I have to call someone. You need mm -hmm. to write it down. Meditate. Switch off the thinking and write down your, write yeah. down your thoughts. But yeah. Speaking of multi-everything, I have to kind of probe a bit because this is an opportunity where we can talk about more about you and people like yourself. So a lot of people don't know this, but uh, people living in Europe in general, but what I find, like I have friends who are Dutch, German, uh, French, and I'm trying to think, they all speak multiple languages. So for me, people are like, oh, Faye, your English is so good. English is a second language. I'm like, a lot of my friends speak English as a fifth language. So I want to just assess, Perry, how many languages do you speak on a regular basis versus, you know, what they call like fluency in business or conversational? Only two. It's, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not that great. You know, it's English and Dutch, of course. And, and mm -hmm. I prefer English. So every day I'm on Zoom and I'm doing all kinds of things, mostly outside of the Netherlands. So when I have to give my speech in Dutch, I really have to think, like, oh, shit, oh. You know, how does it work? So for me, on one, it's English, then Dutch. I've lived in China, so I speak Chinese. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed learning Chinese. Um, mm. I can understand French. I'm not very good in French because when I moved from China to Belgium, I mm -hmm. came to Brussels and I thought, oh, you know, I just learned Chinese. 
I'm going to learn French now. How cool is this? It didn't work in my brain because when I was in China learning Chinese and it's so difficult, mm. I was doing a, a TV show with a taxi. So the word taxi in Chinese, chu chu chu, was so difficult for me to pronounce <laughs> that I was, it took me a week to just pronounce the word chu chu chu. And probably I'm not saying it correctly anymore because. No, why do they have to teach you that version of it? instead of something different you know i don't know uh sure right it's like yeah sure also but yeah i like the word the cg i thought it was so cool to pronounce that right yeah. and but it it took me so long yeah. i i even woke up during the night and then mm. i i found myself practicing on the word mm -hmm. and then i went to belgium and i thought okay let's learn french now that didn't work mm -hmm. in my brain. That didn't work in my brain at all because then I was thinking about a word taxi in French, but I was so focused in China to learn Chinese <laughs> that mm. the first thing that popped up in my mind was the word in Chinese, not in French. So I went from Dutch to Chinese and then learned French. And I thought, forget it, flip it. I'm not doing it. So mm. I can't pronounce French, you know, I'm 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 not very good in French. I understand, but I'm speaking French not very good. And as a Dutch person, we have German at school, so German I can navigate in that, and that's it. I just prefer English. Mm -hmm. And still Chinese. And I what one day when I grow up, I want to learn Italian because I think Italian is so beautiful and so, so beautiful. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I you know what's always confusing is when you watch TV versus how people talk in real life is that whenever I hear Italian or sometimes you know live I live in the US uh I hear some small percentage of my Italian friends can actually speak Italian here because they grew up with grandparents or their parents like a reinforce and they not a lot and uh, and also on movies in movies and they everybody sounds so angry shouting at something but in real life when i hear italian people speaking it's so gentle beautiful like i have a singing tone to it so definitely it's on my list as well um i i think a lot of people don't realize what it's like to be a multilingual like a multicultural person and have that mind to it like how you are able to switch so quickly like you know before my mom uh, before i became my mom's caregiver and having her live with me in the same house, right? I would, what's it, you know, I'll just pick up the call, pick up the phone, call her once a day, you know, a few times a week, but I'm already ready to go. Nowadays, I'm in the middle of live streaming with you. My mom has a request. I'm boom. It's like half a second. I switch over there. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it, it our brains as a result uh, are wired differently, possibly even exacerbate this whole multi-potentialite, non-linear, effect what do you think it's a superpower yeah. you know as what we're saying and then some people can think oh god you know listen to them but it's yeah. really true <laughs> if 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 you can switch so easily from one project to another mm -hmm. if 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 it's so easy for us to find solutions for problems i, I recently made a post on linkedin the problem isn't a problem lack of having solutions that's a problem you know problem mm -hmm. itself is not a problem and we have a superpower to always find new solutions for mm -hmm. whatever we encounter in life. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's a superpower, but also to adjust yourself. And then you're talking to a CEO of a big company, and then you're talking to someone who is an artist or, you mm -hmm. know, 
it's a superpower. That's it's interesting. Wonderful to use that. Tonight mm -hmm. I have my my founding members meeting, so people in the octopus movement can become a founding member, mm -hmm. and from all over the world, and you switch between cultures, language, how things work. You know, we're, we're all on Zoom. We're all on Zoom at the same time, but there are people from India there, from mm -hmm. South Africa, from the US, from Europe. And, and the conversations always are adjusted to the people we're talking to. And mm -hmm. that's adjusting yourself and being very flexible and nonlinear. That's a flipping superpower. Yeah, I love it. And for those of you who want to practice and embrace your superpower, I would say podcasting is a fantastic way to to do it. If you're yeah. nervous, just you know, pre-record it on on Zoom where you don't even have to. But I think live streaming will take that excitement to a whole other level because you observe yourself reacting to such different people. So, for instance, Perry, you're being here. We met a week ago. Really, I think our connection, you know, through Chris. Michelle, and now very quickly, Todd Church is someone I also interviewed not so long ago. I mean, within the past year or so, I've known a lot of respect for uh, for many years, had a lot of fun, uh, you know, and uh, here we are. Our first languages were, you know, was not English and we lived continents apart. And it just all these different things coming together. Yet there's so many similarities and there's something really comforting about that almost make me just thinking about your movement made me realize that over the years, I think about the neighborhood I, I grew up in, downtown Beijing, not so far away from Tiananmen Square, for instance, a lot of people that I connected with, but a lot of people I did not, who didn't get me at all yet. Fast forward 10, 20 years later, I'm here. People who look mm. nothing like me didn't, didn't have really a lot of shared experiences, yet they're so close to me. They get they get who I am as a person. They, we can see eye to eye. And it's just like, how did this happen? And uh, Seth Godin's L10BA is a great community that brought me so close to people, perhaps just like the uh, Octopus Movement. But for it, I think it's so important for someone to step up to say, let's come together. Let, let's find new friends um and because you're describing of, now the yeah. mycelium that i'm talking about that mycelium that, that i call our network in the octopus movement yeah when you're when you're on zoom with someone sometimes there is a connection that you cannot understand it feels good you know your gut feeling is saying yeah. wow and something else is happening than just a conversation and I think mm -hmm. there is a biological connection between two brains, even though we're now looking at a screen and, and I wear a headset and you have a microphone in mm -hmm. front of you and we're traveling in ones and zeros on dark fiber optic cable through the ocean. Mm -hmm. Still, I feel connected with you. And yeah. that connection is just mind blowing. And when that is in the same level, however you want to call it, you know, I don't want to go mm. into hocus pocus, whatever, but that connection is there mm. and that's awesome. And it doesn't matter what language you speak or mm. where you're from or what kind of gender, skin color, religion, upbringing, doesn't matter. There's a connection. And I think that's real diversity. That's also mm. one of the reasons why I started the octopus movement. There, there's so much going on in the world. 
And then I have this experience with people all over the world. And I'm thinking, why is there racism? That's weird. If I talk mm. to all these people all over the world, it's so beautiful. That's why I'm, can I show you something quickly? I'm creating no, yeah, please. a global art project. It's a book like this, a huge art oh. book. And um, I'm, let me show you an example. Oh, where are you? Here you go, Yoko Ono. A huge fan of Yoko Ono. So here's a picture and a story of Yoko Ono. And I'm creating a book like this with 398 nonlinear thinkers in it. And I'm asking all these nonlinear thinkers to write a nonlinear story, 450 words maximum. Just write whatever you want to write about. Give me a photo and it mm -hmm. will all come in this art book. And it's, it's people from all over the world. The youngest is six. The oldest is 82. Korea, Japan, mm -hmm. New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Bangladesh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's for me the real diversity. And I think that's what we need to focus on. And it's just beautiful. You know, and if 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 there's no more racism, if we can really go into humanity and, and take care of each other and take care of the planet we live on, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, something for sure. beautiful will happen. And, and it's exactly what you're describing right now, uh, Faye, that is you're connecting mm -hmm. with someone on Zoom, on a live stream, you feel something, embrace that, connect with that person and, mm -hmm. and enjoy this. It's, it's beautiful. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a new way of looking at the global world, I think. Yeah, this is that the final message is, is critical. Uh, diversity and sustainability. I absolutely I couldn't agree more. I think there is so much violence uh, still in the world is because we believe we're still playing this zero sum game. You know, if I have this, so you can't have it, you have that, oh, it won't be available to me. But what if we both, we all share something and to be inside a different culture and you might have some negative experiences, but don't just stop there. You know, you might interact with someone, uh, have a bad experience, but doesn't that doesn't represent uh, the entire culture. Um, well, so you got to keep pushing forward. I think it's the same thing as, uh, as learning a new language, trying something new. It doesn't always work out the first time around. So uh, I absolutely encourage people to have fun. We are a lot, we're going to be a lot less alone in that way. We are not alone. I think it just sometimes we purposely isolate ourselves. You see that happening with corporations. So we're analysts, you're designers, so you're project managers. We can't possibly be friends, right? I think that is just absolutely the wrong way of thinking. It's so linear. It's yeah. so linear. You know, you need to be, you need to have an education from university. Otherwise, I cannot be friends with you. You're undereducated. <laughs> Right, yeah. or you need to be from this kind of religion. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I have an issue with that. Or you need to be whatever. I mm -hmm. find that very linear, and that's not always helping. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to respect your time, Perry. But I have before I let you go, because we, you and I, can probably go on and have a talk shows like this week, or we can just keep talking for twenty-four hours. Is that you lived in China for how many years? Remind me again. Three, three and a half years in Beijing. Yes. Wow. Where else for how many more years? Oh, only, just, just Beijing. Only, only in China and then in Belgium, in Brussels, for more than nine years. And now I'm back in the Netherlands. Wow. So three and a half years. was just awesome. And being in Beijing at that oh. time was, 
I still know the street that I lived in. It's Lai Guangying Tonglu. So every time I was in, in the taxi, Lai Guangying Tonglu. And, and then the taxi driver was like, well, butch it out. And I said, butch <laughs> yeah. it out. And, and, and I will say, yo guai, it's guai, or yoto, or whatever. It was absolutely amazing to be in China with your amazing culture, with the food, the people. I had mm -hmm. so much fun. It was so pleasant and I made beautiful friendships in China. Mm -hmm. It's amazing people. I, I have really good memories of living in Beijing. Oh. So if you don't know what you want to do in life, move to Beijing and <laughs> I will ensure you it's so awesome. <laughs> oh, I will not. I mean, I, I, I kid you not. I met this woman for the first time uh, via Zoom. Uh, she's from Finland, blonde, blue eyed daughters, like even like came over while we're on the Zoom, like gave her a glass of water. I was so touched by it. And she left and she's like, Faye, I was uh, flying to China, Beijing for the first time when I was 33. And when the plane descended, I thought to myself, wow, I'm finally home. I was on Zoom. I'm like, what? <laughs> Blonde, blue eyes. What's happening with you, woman? Was, I'm finally <laughs> home. She was so sincere. And I was yeah. so touched by that. You know, I was like, am I supposed to feel like that? What, what does she feel that way? And I feel the same way when I come to Boston. And Boston doesn't remind people of the like warmest, as in culturally, the warmest place. Yet it just feels like Beijing feels like home. Boston feels like home to me. And I love the cultures in both places. But I have to ask you too, Perry, mm -hmm. a couple of follow-up questions. You okay? You have to run. In I know. No, I love this. Okay. So let's continue. <laughs> You're like, forget about the movement. Just kidding. The yeah, movement no. is still going on. Um, <laughs> what is the level of uh, discomfort as you were sitting in a taxi, traveling to different places, uh, do you remember yourself going from, oh my God, what am I doing? Am I going to, you know, am I in danger or to, I'm actually comfortable not knowing the language, not knowing where I'm going. I probably don't have a ton of friends. Like, do you feel, do you ever sense that transition? You're like, or from the first day you're like, yeah, I'm here. Let me I, I, I love new challenges. So yeah. I remember so well, we moved to Beijing. We had two kids back then. Mm -hmm. and, and the youngest was still a little baby. And we oh, had this temporary apartment in Beijing. So mm -hmm. you, you come in China, then you also discover that in the Netherlands at school, they never teach you anything about China. You had, I had no idea, really, about the culture, about anything. No yeah. idea. So we, we touched ground in Beijing, went to the apartment, and, and, and I had to buy a, a little bed for the baby. Oh, yeah. So I thought I'm going to Ikea to buy a bed. This was the first day in Beijing. We touched ground two hours later. I was at the Ikea in Beijing. Jesus. So the reception gave me a little card for directions for the taxi drivers. He wants to go to Ija and, and Perry went to Ikea. So I came into Ikea. I was over the moon, you know, everything was the same. Prices were in 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 uh, in R and B, yeah. In R and B and in Chinese characters, and 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 there are Chinese people everywhere. Wow! Yeah. And, and so I went to get the bed. I came outside. It was already nine in the evening, and I had this huge box with the bed in it. And I went to the taxi, and the taxi driver was like, "No, no, no, no we're not doing this." I didn't <laughs> speak a word of Chinese, Faye. It was within twelve hours that I landed in China. So I was standing there with my box. Taxi driver was saying no. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a cell phone yet, you know, just came in China. So I, I was like, oh, 
damn, that's interesting. Figure it out. And then, and then a few people came to me and they were saying, oh, I can bring you. I didn't understand what they were saying, but I, I could understand that mm-hmm. this was it. Then we had to negotiate about the price. I remember oh, paying 100 RMB to bring yeah. me back to my apartment, which is yeah. way too expensive, but okay, never mind. And then this car came in front of me and he had these black lights underneath, you know, oh, and, and, and the stereo installation and the whole car went like, now I'm scared. <laughs> And I was like, oh God, what am I getting into? So I put the box in the car, went in the front seat, and I gave him the card of the apartment building. I said, well, yeah. here you go. And he was playing loud Chinese rap music, and he was laughing, and he was driving completely in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was like, oh no, but I know the apartment is close to the airport, and we're going more into oh, downtown. No. So I was sitting next to him, imitating an airplane. We need to go to the airport. And I was like, I don't understand. I said, well, you know, airplane. So he turned the car around, went direction airport. And I remembered which exit we took from the airport. Thank God. (laughs) And we came to the apartment building almost at midnight. Mm. And the guy came up in the apartment building, helped me to mount the bed for the baby. Oh, my God. I thought he's going to overcharge you and, like, do something. No, no, no. He he came up, you know, and and he was helping me with the bed because he Uh. felt very sorry for me that he drove oh. the wrong direction and and that was my first experience in china so what a sweet story do I, get, do I get scared when everything is new yeah i, I get very excited i love that this is not see like years later i don't know whether it's like 10 years ago or something you still remember that story you're always yeah. going to remember that story and same thing my um a female friend of mine and i traveled to london and Oh my God, if you ever travel in the, in the tube, it, we had these full-size luggage and there was no elevator. So I remember just like thinking, oh my God, we packed like three weeks worth of stuff. And this like, the, you know, the, this woman who was like petite-sized English woman turned around. She was clearly going to work with purse and everything. She turned around. She's like, I'm going to help you. And it it was just crazy. Like people, those are the stories I always remember. Uh, being lost, same again. It's it just interesting. I told my mom we're driving on London. Now the streets were really narrow. We were just packing. There's you could see their cars backed up. You know, five, six cars behind us, and not a single person hunked, not once. And they know that we're like busy trying to get going. And uh, it's fascinating. Okay, I'm gonna ask you about the favorite food or, or foods that you've tried in China. <laughs> I'm not as adventurous with all kinds of food. I've tried uh, everything. Faye, tried I was everything. there. Oh, yeah. And I was working for an animal nutrition company. So I was I was traveling through China and went to r- rural areas in China to mm. visit farmers and whatnot. It was hilarious because then, you know, the European dude is visiting whatever little town in China. So everybody would come out and look at me like, what is this guy? He has... Yeah. Blonde hair and blue eyes. It was hilarious. I've tried everything. Um, bye, Todd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've tried everything. And I, and I have to admit, mm-hmm. most of the things were just delicious. You know, even jellyfish. I if, if I tell that people right here now that I would eat a salad with jellyfish, they look at me like, yeah. It's horrible. You have no idea how tasty jellyfish is in China. 
it's really nice. Yeah, that's true. It's like how things are made, right? What are, what are your go to like a homey food in China? Do you like the kung pao chicken? Like, what are? I mean, Beijing is also very different than living in Canton. I'm half Cantonese, for instance, so I've had uh, my separate favorite dishes in Canton versus Beijing. But what are some of your favorite like go to dishes in Beijing? Well, the southern part, the very spicy dishes are way、mm -hmm. my favorite. You know, they're they're just awesome. And and we were living the expat life, so、mm -hmm. we were having a very good life in Beijing. So we had an ai cooking for us, and、um... it was just amazing. One time we had an ai, I think she was more a chef than a, than someone to help in the household. Wow. And I was in the beginning. I was working at home, and she would make lunch for me. And then the whole table, you know, was full of food. And and she and I was going nuts. And I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to taste everything.、Mm -hmm. Like the 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 what is it? A thousand year old egg. Egg. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a thousand years old for people. No, no, no. But that's <laughs> I think that's the name or so, or a hundred、yeah. years old, or whatever. And I and I came in the、so、kitchen. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? That that、yeah. smell is just. Horrible, but then you taste it in a dish, yeah, and it's so delicious. Like like、yeah. stinky tofu is it smells horrible when you taste it. It's just wonderful. So compound chicken, <laughs> compound、so、chicken. You know that's for tourists. I wasn't eating that. I was I was <laughs> eating all kinds of things, and still I cook Chinese myself. I bought some really nice cooking books in China,、mm -hmm. and, and I have my Chinese cooking gear in my kitchen, and. Eggplant is is one of、oh, my favorites. So good. Eggplant Chinese way is, and then very la, is the best. For very la, very very, very spicy. La. Very is, spicy. I'm I'm curious. Like you have, you mentioned you have two kids, and now they spend three. some formative three three kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then I know that you know two of them traveled with you to Beijing. Am I correct? One, I suppose, born after your Beijing trip. Yeah, so we、uh -huh. went to Beijing, and we had two boys. And then,、mm -hmm. just before we left, we had a girl, and her name in Dutch is Pieternel, but her official name is Pieternel Maymay Knoppert. We gave her Chinese name,、oh. and, and she's so proud to be made in China. <laughs> we always we always tease her with that. The two boys always say, "Oh, you're made in China. You know, we don't take you seriously." And <laughs> And she's so proud to be Mei Mei,、um, yeah. And then the two boys—they don't have an official Chinese name, but they were Jian Jian and Yo Yo. So Jian Jian, Yo Yo, and Mei Mei were kids in China, just awesome.、Oh, kids in China, oh wow! Do they still、uh, do they still eat Chinese food?、Uh, you know, because of that experience. Yeah. yeah. So fried rice, Chinese style. Dad,、yeah. can we have fried rice or fried noodles? Definitely. Or.、Um, The egg with the tomato, you know,、mm, it's very、best. simple, very very tasty. They love that. And my <laughs> oldest son, who's now sixteen, he still knows a lot of Chinese words because they、mm -hmm. went to an international Montessori school in Beijing. So half、mm -hmm. of the day was in English, and half of the day was in Chinese. So they had an English classroom and a、mm -hmm. Chinese classroom. And how beautiful is this? My son went to school for the first day. He came into the classroom. He wasn't able to speak any English, any Chinese. He only spoke, spoke Dutch, of course.、Mm -hmm. He met this little Chinese girl, 
she didn't speak any word of English, only mm -hmm. Chinese. They bonded. They started talking in their own language. So she in Chinese, he in Dutch. They became best friends during this whole period in China. Whoa. He's still in contact with her on Instagram. And he learned Chinese so fast. I was so jealous of him. So <laughs> half of the day in the classroom where everything is English, and then they went to another classroom where they had a Chinese teacher. Everything was in Chinese. They were mm -hmm. drinking Chinese tea. They do everything in Chinese. And he had to, you know, learn all these poems by hand and all these songs and just wow. wonderful. And we still count in Chinese in our household. We still do that. You, and I you, still oh, say, quite you know. So quite Hurry up. So Everybody, <laughs> people learning so much through this live stream because it was so interesting. You know, we're talking about non-linear and multicultural. I obviously we should speak for your kids, but I I wonder, you know, the years since they've gotten back, do you see them? Uh, they now primarily live in uh, the Netherlands, I I suppose, and so. Do you see some diversity among their friends group? Obviously, that requires people to live in a certain place. I'm not saying that. Oh, it's a given, right? Like you, depending on where you are, you may or may not have the exposure. But they, do they seek out kids who are Asian or, or from different cultures, regardless whether they are Asian or not? Well, what's their comfort level? Their comfort level is international. So they go to an international school, and their comfort level is international contact. So they're in less they're less comfortable just with Dutch kids. Ooh. They don't get them, and they find them very strange as well. Um, mm -hmm. So they prefer to hang out with international kids. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that all my kids are very nonlinear as well. They all have neurodiversity. And, and yesterday my son said to me, you know, the four of us are just crazy. We, we don't fit in. We're different. We're totally different. And we have these nonlinear conversations in our household course where there is the linear world like recently my mm -hmm. son came home my middle son uh yo-yo of, of 14 he's now 14 and he wanted to go to the school picture wearing his tiny little sunglasses he had weird sunglasses he's he's a very dramatic funny stand-up comedian kind of boy mm -hmm. and he wanted to wear his little sunglasses on the school picture and of course the photographer said no we're not doing this and so he came home and he said dad that photographer is not really an artist. He's so linear. I couldn't wear my sunglasses, but okay, I get it. You know, for him, mm -hmm. that's the way to go. And so we talk about linear, nonlinear a lot in, in my household. I'm divorced. Um, it's all about international. My, my oldest son cannot wait to go abroad again. Um, mm -hmm. And my daughter, who was born in China, we left after she was born after a few months. She can't wait to go back. I think she has the closest connection to China, even though she hasn't had because she doesn't have any recognition of mm -hmm. of being in China. Mm -hmm. But knowing to be born in China, to have been born in China, that makes her very close to China. So I can't wait someday to go back to Beijing, especially with Mei Mei, and oh. to show her around. I can't wait for that. Oh, that is so beautiful. And uh, it's so encouraging for, I think, for other parents. I know, uh, as you can imagine, there were a lot of 
parents, sometimes one of the parents just, they have to drive, they have to travel a lot for their work. And sometimes it's predictable, sometimes it's not. And that puts a lot of stress on kids growing up. And I I'm find myself even in these conversations of parents who move within the United States or having to travel abroad. But I got to tell you, Sometimes I find out much later. I, I don't go to uh, like a corporate environment. People will come up to me and be like, hey, I spent one day in Beijing, a month in Hong Kong. Sometimes people are hesitant to like force that connection uh, onto you. But I love it. I wish they would have told me a lot sooner because I got to tell you, just my friends spending even teenage years in China and Hong Kong and going to international schools are just, they, they just had the most beautiful memories uh, and they, couldn't wait to share with me and that made them really stand out and and feel like they have this you know it, it there's something not a weapon there's something that they could share with their peers something that they they would absolutely carry for the rest of their lives and it just yeah. now you're reminding me just how beautiful that is how memorable like these women i know in their 30s this happened in their you know 15 16 they're still talking about it of course so. because their perception of world it's completely mm -hmm. different. Look at the Netherlands. It's this tiny little place on the globe. You know, mm -hmm. what is the Netherlands? We're everywhere and we make a lot of noise, but the country by itself doesn't mean anything. And mm -hmm. and if you if you live there in a little village and you go there to school and you were born there and you go there to school and that's the only thing you see, then that's your world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're a kid and you're traveling the world. You go into Beijing, you live in, in, in Belgium, you have an international group of friends, which means everything. And at international schools, they celebrate mm -hmm. all kinds of different cultural celebrations, right? Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. all different cultures. So it opens up this huge perspective on how the world looks like. So my, my kids have friends from India, from the United States, from Australia. And thanks to social media and internet, they can still stay in touch. They follow mm. each other on TikTok, on Instagram, and, and they're making already amazing connections and they mm -hmm. haven't even really get out there. They're just doing high school and it's yeah. already an amazing network that they're creating. Wow. Love so, international schools. Oh, I, I love it so much. And um, I, I should definitely let you go. But I want people who are listening now or watching this later to think about, oh, either how do I create that environment, that community for me versus how can I do that for my kids? A lot of people watching the channel have, have young kids, too. So I think for you, there is the Octopus move, Movement started by Perry. Links in the description below. Definitely check it out. Uh, communities such as Seth Godin's, uh, Dory Clark's, and, you know, and even communities, I would say a lot of the writers com community where you kind of come together, create, learn to create together, create something together. And, uh, and that's just beautiful. You always inevitably run into the international population and don't ever judge someone whose first language or second language may not be English. Cause I, I really start to embrace accents. I love the way they write. Who is it to say that? grammatically, this is the only way to write about it. That's a very linear way of how I really hated my you own writing. Yeah. Right? At the beginning, yeah. I was so hesitant. I can't, I can't blog. I'm a foreigner. I, I don't, I can't write. I, I can't communicate that I shouldn't have an authoritative uh, a tone. But I was so wrong about that because people, other people who, you know, speak English as a second, third or whatever language, 
really find my my language, my way of writing very comforting. Uh, moreover, it's an it's a reason for them to create, which is the ultimate goal. So sorry, that's one thing for yourself. The other for your kids, if you don't have any international schools near you or don't have those uh, resources available to you, uh, Peru, what what should we do? I mean, look around your neighborhood. Most well, well, yeah. for your, it's it's difficult with the international schools. Like here in Europe, many times you can only go to an international school if you've really been abroad or when you're a foreigner. So sometimes yeah. that's very difficult. Try to find the people whose eyes light up when you enter the room. Yeah. I think that's it. Find yeah. the, the kind of people that resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever group of people that is, it doesn't matter. But... Mm-hmm. When they see you coming into a Zoom session and they started laughing and, and being happy that they see you again, mm. connect with a group of people like that mm-hmm. and and share your experiences and your mm-hmm. knowledge also with your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're, I give advice to parents as well how to deal with nonlinear kids. Mm-hmm. People wake up. Don't do everything in a linear way. It's not the solution. Sometimes it fits very well, but mm-hmm. also listen to your kids, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have to make up what you have messed up. Mm-hmm. They don't have to become what you always ha- would like to have become. Mm-hmm. They're individuals. And mm-hmm. and have conversations about this with them. Yeah. You know, and and mm-hmm. as a sixteen-year-old or as a teenager, I can imagine it's so difficult mm-hmm. to find your tribe. And I hope in the near future the octopus movement can make a change in that as well. We're we're organizing now a summer camp for next summer for teenagers, and we're octopus we're for kids. Yeah, yeah, we're flying in professors from all over the world and go crazy with all kinds of topics. Um, we're doing so many things. It's so important to find a group of people or a group of teenagers or whatever that are like-minded. But mm. Don't do it in a linear way. Don't go too narrow, right? Don't go from, I'm an artist, so I will go to a group with only artists. Don't do that. Mm. Open up your eyes, you know, explore. And and don't be so judgmental in, in your linear pattern of thinking. This is nothing for me. You don't know. Give it a try. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what happens when I landed first time in Beijing and go to IKEA late in the evening. I had no idea. And now, 14 years later, I'm still talking about it. So, yeah. give it a try. You know, don't don't be so judgmental. Mm, I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful uh, for you to join me today, Perry. To for us to have connected, I can see there are a lot of opportunities for us to collaborate on, to continue the conversation, to say the least. And I am so grateful for so many people who hopped on today who may or may not uh, leave us a comment, but you are allowed to do so after as well. We'll monitor the channel. I think like dozens and dozens of people have hopped on. I'm so, so grateful for that. So with that said, Perry, I will take us offline and uh, we'll have to chat again in the near future. Well, I will I will haunt you, Faye, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I really this and and mm-hmm. let's do something very non-linear very crazy very unexpected or something else something weird whatever let's let's figure out something what we could do together that would be awesome absolutely
Absolutely. All right. Bye, live audience. We'll see you next time.